Give me my hand this morning one more time. <clears throat> now, it's great, again, great to see you. I have a, uh, at, if you're at the Pellissippi campus this weekend, I rarely uh, point, thing out, point anything out of a campus because we're one church, but I got an unbelievable friend with me, Dr. Claude Thomas, one of my mentors uh, sitting over here. Dr. Claude and your son, welcome to Faith Promise. Love you. Thank you. Uh, when I have a problem, when I don't know what to do, he's one of the few men that I call and say, hey, help me, show me, teach me, tell me what to do. And I greatly respect Tim and his ministry and years of serving God. Well, we are in this series, we are setting sail for a difficult destination. As a matter of fact, what we're trying to do something in this series, really, we rarely try to do. It is so difficult to pin. We could talk about increasing our prayer life and how to do it. We could talk about soul winning or how to add more Bible study. <clears throat> we could talk about a lot of things and how we accomplish that. But this series is about emotions. And emotions are so subjective that it is so hard to figure. So we want to walk free from emotional bondage, but most of us that are in emotional bondage don't know it. Now, you know the person you're sitting next to has some bondage, Right? But you don't know that you have it. It's easy to sit in other people, but it's difficult to sit in yourself. That's why we have to have people around us who will speak into our lives, who will help us. So we need a revelation in this series that, oh, yeah, I've got some room to grow. We need an impartation of the truth of God in how we see that happen. And there's got to be a great expectation of the deliverance, the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome these emotional mind monsters, the madness that we have in emotions. So that's what we're after. Is that awesome? Is that okay? You guys with us? All right, so here's the deal. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, <clears throat> verse 1. Therefore, which ties back to the previous paragraph, which is Hebrews 11. Therefore, <clears throat> because we have this great cloud of witnesses who have in their own right one great victory surrounding us, let us also do what? Lay aside, let us jettison, let us put off, let us get rid of every what? See, if you're going to run a race, you've got to get rid of the junk. And following Jesus is a race, and you cannot run the race with a backpack full of your past bondage and barriers. Does that make sense? So we've got to jettison every encumbrance and every what? That so easily does what? Entangles. We are all entangled, entangled and we are all encumbered. And if we're going to win, if we're going to run this race, then we've got to get rid of the encumbrances and the entanglements that are on us and run with endurance the race that is set before us. So it is a race in multiple imagery in the Word of God that following God is a race. That makes sense. Now listen, it is an awesome adventure to run the race for Jesus. If your faith is boring, you are not living your faith. Because faith is an amazing adventure. Faith is a tremendous journey. Faith changes the trajectory of your life. And so if you're whole humdrum, boring, dead, dry, then you're not living your faith. You're just in a rut. See, you can't, it's hard to get in a rut if you're walking by faith because God is always challenging you with new things. Does that make sense? And so, man, you're, let's, let's win. The Bible says that you already are a victor. The Scripture says that you already are an overcomer. Now, if you missed last weekend, please, whatever you do, go to our website, go to our app, 
podcast and go to our resource center, get a free DVD, free CD. Because listen, if you were here last weekend, did the people that missed need that message on the train of thought? So man, get that. It will change your life. This whole series on emotional freedom. If you miss one, you you just you, you're gonna you're gonna miss. So here's the deal. This is why we have an internet campus. If you're sick. Now, years ago, if Junior got sick, somebody stayed home. Today, if Junior's sick, everybody stays home. Are you with me? It takes all 14 of us to take care of Junior's sniffle. So, got that. That's not the topic of this message. So, but if you're staying home because Junior's sick, get on the Internet campus. There are 52 sermons a year, and you are bombarded annually with tens of thousands of hours of messaging from the world. So get on the internet campus if you're, we're about to hit vacation, and you know vacation means the beach, and last year many of you took your tie to the beach, remember? You got food poisoning at the, at the deal in San Feliz, don't take your tie to the beach this year. And so, but if you're gone to the beach, I'm glad you can, I'm glad you can afford a vacation, hook your computer to your big screen, if you don't know how, get your eight-year-old, because they can, and hook it up, and stay with us, stay connected. Our internet campus is also a great tool to invite your friends. They say, well, I've tried to get them. They won't come. Then what you do is you invite them to internet campus. Our missionaries stay connected to internet campus. We have couples who, you know, one is in the military on the other side of the world, and one is here, and they stay connected. They go on the internet campus together. It's a great tool. Does that make sense? Now, let me tell you, hey, guys, on an internet campus, it's not so you can stay home in your underwear and watch church. Matter of fact, please, sir, close the robe. Dear God, close the robe. Because we see you there. Don't ever wear those again. Close that. Get rid of that. See, if you're, if you're at home, internet campus, and you live in the Knoxville area, get your butt to a campus. Amen? Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's what we got to do. Now, here's the deal. Today, this message can transform your home. Because today we are going to target the most dangerous of all the mind monsters, of all the madness of our emotions, the emotion that creates the greatest problems in our lives, and that is the emotion of anger. Have we all been affected by anger? Would you all agree with that? No question. Now, before I get in this message, listen. Some of you believe that anger is about screaming, cussing, and raging, and because you don't do that, you don't deal with anger. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't get away that easy. See, anger comes out in a lot of ways. And some of you are passive-aggressive. You get people back, they just don't know they've been gotten. So, so it's, it's anger. And, and think about all the violence. Virtually, all the violence that is done to people is perpetrated in the mind monster of anger. Nobody gets into a fight when they're full of the Holy Spirit. Nobody screams and cusses at their spouse full of the Holy Spirit. You only do that when you're full of anger. Are y'all with me? That's when it, so get this. If you're listening, say I am. When your anger rises, the control lowers. Anger up, control out. Now, Haven't we all done and said things in anger that we deeply regret? See, because we gave control to the anger, 
Marriages have been destroyed. Small groups have been ruined. How many people stood up in the middle of a church business meeting and said some things in anger and other people responded and a church split? How many families are destroyed? How many business partners, relationships, how many empires have come to war because somebody said something in anger and it responded in like kind and before you knew it, everything is ruined. Here's the only thing to think about with anger. And that is this, if we do not allow the Holy Spirit to control us, our anger will. So you got a choice about let the Spirit of God control me as a believer. If you're not a believer yet, listen, we're thrilled that you're with us. May it kick the tires of faith, walk with us for a while, but you don't get the opportunity being controlled by the Holy Spirit. And so if you're a believer, you have the opportunity. We can let the Holy Spirit control us or we can let our anger do it. Does that make sense? It's the same with all the emotions. We're talking this weekend about anger. Next week, we're going to talk about fear. The next week, we're going to talk about joy. And so they're all emotions. Now, men, matter of fact, if you're a man in all of our campuses, say, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, here's the deal, men. This is what you believe. I need you to engage because you think emotions are a female issue. Three days a month, emotions are a female issue. That's what you believe, and you couldn't be more wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. As a matter of fact, scientific study now is proving that men have more emotions than women. You say, that can't be true. Yep, they hook their brain up, they wire them up, electrodes, and they stimulate, they use pictures, and they do the same thing to women and men. And in many of the emotions, the men peg to a far greater level than women do. The problem is in our culture, men are not taught how to, to express their emotions. Men are taught to suppress their emotions. And here's the deal, men. Because we have learned to suppress our emotions, many men are emotionally constipated. <laughs> ladies, ladies, come on, somebody help me here. So here's the deal. Anger. Men don't know how to express their emotions. And so anger comes out, and because you're contemplated, you sling poop on everybody in the room. <laughs> Have you not had poop slung on you by somebody mad? Come on, everybody. So, man, it is so important. So, now, I get this because I grew up in a home. I had two rageaholic stepdads. And when you live in a home or you're in a relationship with a very angry person, you are always afraid. Let's be honest. Matter of fact, some of you are living at homes where everybody in your house is afraid of you because they never know when you're going to blow your top. I didn't know if I could answer the phone or answer the door. I didn't know if I was going to be screamed at. I did not know. So everybody tiptoes in that household around that angry person. Are you with me? See, the angry person doesn't notice it because they don't think their anger hurts them. Does this make sense? So I know anger. I lived it. And here's the deal. People do what people see. Would you all agree with that? And so because I grew up watching rageaholism, I became one. Now, if you're a believer, you don't have any excuse for mind monsters, for the madness of emotions, because we're to grow up in Christ in all aspects, and we're to surrender our emotions to the Holy Spirit. But, but we do what we see, and so I grew up just, I grew up a rageaholic, because that's what I learned. Okay, is that right? I, I remember, and I, some of you that have been around a while remember this story. 
uh, I bought a 56 Corvette. It was a really rough, and I was going to teach my sons how to work on a car. So we were rebuilding this car. Now, after about three weeks, the boys had had enough, and they were done. And it was me and a few of my friends, and we, we did a total frame-off on this 56 Corvette. And it was perfect. It was a show car. It was unbelievable. You got the picture? I mean, immaculate, gorgeous. 1956, 265, two four barrels. Uh, it was unbelievable. So we are now getting ready to boil some crawfish. Well, at my house to boil crawfish, you have to empty out all the turkey grease from Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we're, we're walking to the edge of the driveway. Mike and I have got this big 40-gallon deal. And I walk and I say, now, Micah, before we take this out in the backyard, I had a brand-new pair of Reeboks. I said, I do not want to get my new tennis shoes muddy. He said, okay, Dad. I take one step off the driveway. I'm not exaggerating. I sunk six inches into the mud. I look at Micah, he knows, do not laugh at dad. <laughs> Laughter now means your short life will be ended. So fury, y'all know what I'm talking about? Fury. The, the anger sharks, I have 30-foot great whites. They start swimming. And I'm just, oh, man, I, I just stop and seethe for a minute. Zach, I mean, Micah's praying, dear God, protect me, send angels so dad doesn't kill me. And I yank my foot up only to find that my foot comes out of my shoe. <laughs> so we sit the old stinking turkey grease down. I stick my hand down into the mud and I yank up my brand new white Reebok covered with red mud and gravels. Oh. Oh. I can still feel it. <laughs> so I grab that shoe <clears throat> and I throw it. As hard as I can throw it. I mean, I just turn and hurl that shoe. I could not do this one out of a hundred times. That shoe set sail. It weighed like four pounds. It set sail. It skipped off the top of my wife's minivan, bounced up, just missing the top of the garage, into the garage, and slams onto the trunk of that freshly painted 1956 Corvette. Michelle, Michelle, who's not afraid of me, is giggling on the deck. <laughs> because she knows I can't kill her, but I will kill her children. <laughs> so Michelle looks and sees the, she now sees that I'm over. I'm, the Spirit of God is gone. Matter of fact, if Jesus came back, I would have been left behind. So... <laughs> So, uh, and so she says, hey, boys, boys, y'all come here really quick. Mommy needs you. Hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> so, man, I'm steaming. I walk over to assess the damage. I walk into the garage. That big four-pound muddy shoe slams into the back of that Corvette, gravel scratching it all the way to the back window. It's brand-new paint. I said, you are a stupid man. <laughs> See, when we let anger control us, it hurts us and everybody around us. You know what I'm talking about? See, even though that's how I was raised, I don't have to act like that anymore. Does this make sense? I was working on a jet ski with the boys, and I couldn't get a bolt broken. I had a long half-inch ratchet and socket, and I yanked it out of that jet ski, and I was so angry I threw it, but because I'm not very athletic, I threw it right into my shin. 
And then I do what I always do, because one of the boys is always with me. I look at him <laughs> to just for a second think, go just laugh. Give me a reason to tear your head off and spit in the little hole. Just come on. See, anger hurts all of us. This makes sense. So what we have to do is we have to make a deliberate decision that we are not going to act like we, that what we saw growing up. We're going to choose to change. And listen, listen, believers, change is a process, not an event. See, we want a microwave to be done. No, it's an event. We're, that's why I encourage you to get a personal growth plan, to have a daily quiet time, to, to continue to be discipled so that you will grow more and more into the image of Jesus every day. Does that make sense? Now, how many believers with us this weekend? You're a believer in the house. Come on, let me hear you. All right. Now, I've taken a rather lengthy time setting the table for what I'm about to give you. I, I know I've taken a long time on introductions, way longer than normal. Now, if you're a note taker, get ready, because I'm about to line up some verses. Are you ready? If you're ready for the Word of God, say, I'm ready. ready. Ephesians 5.28 says this, <clears throat> and do not get drunk with wine. Do not is in the imperative mode. It is a command, as is the second phrase for the um, for that is dissipation, but be filled. Do not get drunk and be filled are imperative. It is a command. It is be filled is a present passive continuous verb to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you are drunk with wine, what is in control? And if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, what is in control? The Holy Spirit. And so that is the goal, that is the way to victory, that is the way to defeat emotional mind monsters and the madness that messes all of us up. Give you a memory verse, Ephesians 4.26, if this is a problem, and it is for many of us, be angry and do not what? Be angry, do not what? We are all going to be angry, but I do not have to sin in my anger. I could be angry and not release control to anger, but I'm going to continue to give control to the Holy Spirit. And do not let the sun go down on your what? Your anger. Now, be angry, just don't stay angry long. See, a lot of you go to bed angry at your spouse and you sleep butt to butt. You know what I'm talking about? There's no spooning because you're mad, so you sleep butt to butt. Okay, we're going to be mad, but don't be mad long. Be angry? Okay. Never release control. Don't sin. And when the sun goes down, get over it. Are you with me? I know you're out there. I hear y'all breathing. So have we all experienced anger? Yes. Yet don't let it have control. Galatians 5, and 23 says this, the fruit of the Spirit. If you're filled with the Spirit, <clears throat> then the Spirit is going to be producing nine fruit in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? See, if you allow the Holy Spirit to have control, he will produce a crop and the emotional mind monsters will be, will be brought under control by the power of the Holy Spirit. But when we are angry, we give control from the Spirit to anger. Ephesians 4.30 says this, and do not what? See, we're filled by the Holy Spirit, right? And when you, when you rip control from the Holy Spirit, what do you do? You grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed to the day of redemption. And when you're angry, when fury rises, and, you, and that anger, that emotional mind monster, rips the control from the Holy Spirit and puts your flesh in control, that's when you do and say and hurt people that you love and you never wanted to ever hurt. Does that make sense? 
and your flesh will force its will. Now, I love the book of Ephesians. If I could only study one book in the New Testament, it would probably be the book of Ephesians because the book of Ephesians is such a a depth of wealth, and it teaches us how to walk in the Holy Spirit. And chapter 4 gives all kind of ways to walk in the Holy Spirit in the 21st century. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, it says this, that in reference to your former manner of life, that is how you lived B.C., before you were born again. In reference to your former manner of life, that you do what? Colossians says, take it off like a cloak, that you lay aside the old self, which is being what? Corrupted with the lust of deceit. So what we understand from this passage is, our emotions that we were born with are messed up. They are subjected to our fallen nature. They are corrupted with the lusts of deceit. And because of that, if we do not give the spirit control, we will allow the flesh to have control. Does this make sense? Are y'all getting this? Because like, start over. Y'all getting it? All right, here's the deal. So in chapter 4 of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, lists a group of uh, virtues, and he lists a group of vices. And they, these two lists stand in stark opposition to one another. As a matter of fact, you want a great biblical project for your quiet time tomorrow? Go through Ephesians 4, list all the virtues, and then put side them, the vices, and see how they compete. Like the Bible says, replace telling lies with speaking the truth. The Bible says, replace stealing with being generous to everyone. The Bible says, replace foul language with speaking such word that gives encouragement to the hearers. Are you with me? And on and on. And what these virtues do, it teaches us how to build the body of Christ and how to build godly relationships because we've all got to be in relationship if we're going to achieve our redemptive potential. Amen? We are many members, yet we are one body. We are one church. We're many locations, but we are one. And so we've, if we want great relationships, We've got to tame these mind monsters. Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. And people send me emails that said, You know, Pastor, you were sex abused and physical abused. I don't understand how you forgave the people that did that to you. It's easy. I did more to God than anybody did to me. And I've been forgiven more than anybody's ever done to me. Does that make sense? So I then been in turn able to forgive. See, if you don't forgive, anger will always, anger and bitterness will always dominate your emotional madness because you've not done what the Word of God says, forgiving one another, loving one another, tender toward one another. Does this make sense? See, those mind monsters destroy the harmony we have in our relationship, marriage with our kids and our small group, across our campuses with people that you know. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore be imitators of who? Not your mom and dad. Unless you had godly parents that laid out, that laid out for you how to walk with God. If you didn't, then be imitators of God, not your parents. Too many of us let our biological parents affect us and infect us much more than our spiritual parents. Does this make sense? So we just perpetrate generation after generation the crap and the emotional mind monsters because we won't slay those monsters. Be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in what? Love, just as Christ loved you and gave himself for us and offering it as sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. See, Jesus bought for you this victorious life. And if you allow anger to dominate, this is what happened. You ever seen how people split wood? They take a wedge and drive it until the wood splits. See, anger is a wedge 
that drives between you and the people that you love. Anger destroys your intimacy because people are afraid to be open, honest with you because they're afraid you'll get angry and slake poop on them. Are you with me? Does this make sense? Again, let's go back to 426, our memory verse, our thought. Be angry. We're going to be angry, but don't sin. Was Jesus ever angry? Sure he was. Did he ever sin? No, he was angry at the Pharisees for their hard hearts. He was angry at the disciples for their lack of faith. He was angry at people. He was angry. He goes into the temple, and the thieves are robbing people who've come to worship God, and he makes a whip, and he drives everybody out. It says, my father's house is a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. He was angry, but he never relinquished the control of the Holy Spirit in his life, so he was angry, and yet he did not what? Sin. What we do is we let anger have control, then sin. James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20 says this, This you know, my beloved brethren, that everyone must be quick to what? Now, can I just stop here and pastor you for just a second? Most of us can't hear. Would you all agree with that? See, if you're going to achieve your redemptive potential, do you need to do that in context of relationships? See, because we've all got blind spots, right? And the only way we'll know that we have a blind spot is some brother or sister walks up, puts their arm around us, and says to us. But most of us don't have anyone that speaks in our life. You know why? Because people used to try, and because you were not quick to hear, they quit telling you. And you don't get older and better, you get older and whacked I know that's wrong grammar. But that is, we get more and more whacked because nobody is speaking life into our lives. Does this make sense? I've got friends who love God, and I watch their life spiral out of control, and I say there's nobody that can speak life in. People have tried. They are not quick to what? Man, you've got to learn to hear. Most of us are listening not to understand, but what we're going to say next. Are you all out there? It's what we do. Be quick to hear, slow to what? Holy moly. If you could have a video of the Stevens house for lunch, Somebody's talking, eight people are waiting for them to breathe. See, we can talk without ever stopping. We can go in and out of breath because we know somebody's going to take the, the microphone. At our, you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> We're to be quick to hear and slow to what? And slow to what? For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. See, when you release anger, now, there are good things to be angry about. I spoke in Campbell County this last week at the, at the annual child abuse prevention luncheon. I'm angry about child abuse. There are a lot of things I'm angry about, but yet I'm angry and not sinning about those things. This makes sense? Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In, in Acts, I mean, back in Ephesians chapter 4, remember verse 26 said, be, ang- be angry and don't what? Let me give you the second half of that of Paul's sentence of verse 27. It says, you know, and do not sin, and do not let the sun go down in your anger, and we think there's a period every time there's a verse change, there's not. Okay, and do not give the devil a what? A what? <clears throat> the Greek word opportunity, if you look at the definition, definition, this is what it says, to make a place for. An opportunity is making a place for something. 
When you are angry, do not be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. If you let anger have control, you are giving a place and a space to Satan to mess up your marriage, to mess up your ministry, to mess up your mind, to mess up your relationships. Because when we let anger have control, we give a place to the enemy. Anger provides an angle for the enemy to attack us. And we already know emotions are the biggest door to be attacked. Would y'all agree with that? So, I mean, this is, man, this is huge. This ought to be enough reason right here, this last verse, for, for all of us to say, I'm going to overcome anger. Proverbs chapter 25, 28. Like a city that is broken into and without what? Walls. In the biblical time, the only protection for a city was its walls. Like a, like a city that is broken into and out walls is a man who has no control over his what? His spirit, his emotions, his anger. See, anger gives place for the enemy. This is a massive mind monster. Would y'all agree with that? Matter of fact, scientific studies show us that if you are angry, you're three times more likely to have a heart attack than people that don't have a problem with anger. See, it hurts you and everybody around you. That's why we did this series in an alignment so that what we're talking about this weekend, we can go deeper in our small groups this week and we can overcome. We get motivated, encouraged, and inspired in rows. We get transformed in circles around a coffee table, a Bible, you know, a Diet Coke or a cup of coffee and just sitting talking and, and praying for each other. Does this make sense? Now, I was looking at articles and, and studying the, the topic of anger. I ran across an article in USA Today about a guy named Shannon Kramer. He was in Florida. Now, he was a redneck. You're going to know by this story. He pulls up to his girlfriend's house in his Mustang, and she is in the front yard. And he's got a bottle rocket on steroids. I don't know what it was. I don't, I don't know the names of fireworks. And he is going to shoot the bottle rocket at his girlfriend out the window. Are you with me? The last three words of a redneck. Here, watch this. <laughs> he lights the fuse as he's rolling down the window, but the fuse goes zip. He drops it into his lap, and it explodes. With a pair of short pants on. Now, if I was his girlfriend, I would think this was hilarious. So what happens, he drops this bottle rocket. It blows up in his lap. He is immediately burned, blinded, and deafened. When you let anger loose in your life, you are immediately burned, blind, and deafened. And it affects everybody around you. So what we've got to do, we've got to do the R to the fourth. This is one of our formulas in this series. We, what do we do? We recognize I'm angry. We reject the anger. We replace the anger with another spirit-filled emotion, and we retrain our minds not to go there. Before we get on that train, it is a P48 train, Philippians 4.8. Good, lovely, excellent, worthy of praise, honorable. Anything, if it's that, then let your mind dwell on these things. If not, don't get on the train. Don't get on the anger train because you don't. Well, the anger train is taking you to a destination that you simply do not want to go. Amen? Is that right? So here's the deal. Some of you are saying, hey, I want to, man, I want to overcome anger. If you're not a believer yet, you can't surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit doesn't reside in you because you've not yet surrendered your life up to the Lordship of Jesus. Remember Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed to the day of redemption. See, the Holy Spirit enters us at the point of salvation. So there are people, 7,500 strong across all of our campuses that have not yet bowed their knee to Jesus. Do y'all believe that? 
So right now, if you're ready to surrender up your life to Jesus, if you're ready to say, I want Jesus as Lord, like those five beautiful young women at Pellissippi that we saw get baptized this weekend. Listen, here's the deal. If you're ready, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to pray a confessional prayer with you. So we're just going to pray it out loud with you. Dear Jesus, I know I've blown it. I know that I've sinned. I am so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. I surrender to you. You died for me. You rose from the grave. And now by faith, I will follow you. Take over my mind. Take over my emotions. And let me honor you with the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody in the house. Woo! Awesome, awesome. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with us and you just surrendered your life to Jesus, if you'll take the communication card that's in front of you and fill that out, drop in the offering box, or at the Pellissippi campus, go through the center doors to the Next Steps area. They will help you to your next step. If you're not involved in a small group and you want to find one so that you can get all that God wants you to get in this series, if you'll go to the next steps, they'll help you. Hey, Faith Promise, we are always about helping you get to the what? The next what? Next step. Now, by the way, when you see people leaving, they're not trying to beat you to the Dairy Queen. They are getting ready to serve you in positions all over as you guys get ready. to. Has it been good to be in the house of God this weekend? Come on. Come on, man. So listen, at Pellissippi campus, y'all see those two grandstands back there? Y'all see back there? Come on, look back there. Look, you see those? They are, they're not full. Whose job is to fill those? Whose? Are we going to bring some people next weekend? Oh, no, 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 no. See, I don't know. Somebody just slung some poop right there. I'm not sure what happened. Are we going to bring some people next week into the house of God? All right. Now, as you guys are leaving, you have an opportunity to sign your kids up for kids camp and your students up for our, our student conference. Here's the deal. Listen, wouldn't it be better that we send our kids to camp, that they're involved in our kids' ministry, they're involved in our student ministry, so they don't step in all the stupid that we stepped in. So get your keys. I don't have the money. We'll pay for it. We have plenty of generous people to pay for everything here. Money never stops anything. Amen? But get your kids signed up. And, man, let's, let's help them learn to deal with the mind monsters before they're 40 and been married four times. Are you with me? Come on. Let's teach them to love Jesus. Be blessed. We'll see you guys next weekend.